Guys, today's guest has sung the national anthem on Fox and Friends at NASCAR races, at NFL games, and all kinds of massive crowds across the country. He's also rocked out to crowds, radio stations, and venues across the country. This guy is making music with a message. Patriotic rocker Dave Bray is going to be on the Manlyhood Mancast in just a minute, right after this. Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Dave, it is great to have you here on the Mainly Head Man cast. Uh, I am really enjoying the music you're putting out there. I enjoy your social media presence. It's really been kind of neat to see the way that you uh, you kind of you, you approach things with uh, just about the right amount of testosterone. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope I, I hope it's enough. You know, some some days I. <laughs> I've been I've been told uh, uh, some of my stuff is a little too real. Um, some of the music and some of the topics I touch are very heavy. You know what I mean? A lot of them are very, um, they deal with, uh, you know, law enforcement death and they deal with, you know, veteran suicide and they deal with, um, military, you know, you know, basically sacrifice and things like that. So a lot of the stuff I sing about is pretty heavy. So, um, like I said, uh, it can make a grown man cry. And I, like I said, it's not, it's not five finger death punch. Um, it's, it's real. And, um, yeah, so I appreciate it. I take that as a compliment. Yeah, I I I think it's a it's a message that needs to be heard. So you you describe it as music with a mission. Uh, why don't you tell me about that mission? What does that look like for you? Yeah, man. So um, the album actually that we released um, a few years back was called Music on a Mission, and it was the first of its kind. It's a storyteller record, and I narrate my way through it. So you get to hear not just the music, you actually get to hear sort of some insight behind the songs. You get to hear almost as if you were sitting in a live show, right? So your, your musician on stage isn't just standing up there playing song after song after song. You know, they talk to you and they interact with you and they want you to feel what they were feeling when they wrote it, or they want to explain where they were mentally when they wrote it, or they want to tell you some background or history on the song. And uh, that's what I did with music on a mission. So the whole album is narrated. Not to, I, some of it's a history lesson. Um, some of it's you know insight on on me personally, and you know some of my service, and some of it's just a perspective on on where we are as a country. And um, yeah, and it's it's a really interesting listen. You know, it could be its own it could be its own one hour podcast if you actually sat down and listened uh, to it front to back. So it's um, it's an interesting listen. It listens like a movie. That's awesome. Uh, tell me about. Um you know, you served, you were in the Navy, right? That, yeah. I corrected that assumption there. Yeah. Yeah. I was a Navy guy. Um, so joined up with the Navy when I was like 17 and I was, I was a year of delayed entry program. And that's basically when you're a senior in high school, uh, you spend your, your, your nights, you go out to the recruiting station and, um, you PT some of the guys that are leaving, you PT with them. They teach you how to march a little bit and they give you some insight on what basics going to be like. And then, um, so I did that for a year and, uh, 
joined up as a as a Dixie Cup Navy man. You know what I mean? Little Cracker Jack dude. Yeah, can I say that? Is that? I hope that's not a racist comment. I'm already off to a bad start. One minute into this thing, and I'm throwing the word cracker around like it's nothing. Okay, anyway. Um, so, so uh, yeah, man, Dixie Cup Navy guy. Um, and then like halfway through um, my first couple of years, I realized that, that the, like the blue side um, maybe really wasn't for me. Uh, I wanted to do something a little different. So I, I crossed over and became a combat medic for the Marine Corps or a Naval Hospital Corpsman or FMF doc, however you want to put it. So you definitely were in a different setting going from what ship to shore. That you, were you doing more? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like first service was, um, at a hospital. So I went through, you know, my schools and everything. And then, um, it was just a regular, like I said, blue side corpsman. And that's, that was like basically working at a hospital. I mean, anything that you can imagine. And, uh, even that wasn't for me. So I was, um, I was transferred out and I went with the, uh, EMS and the uh, paramedics units, uh, which got, gave me like an upper hand. I feel as far as crossing over to the Marines, because it's all, um, mobile medicine you know what i mean it's it's ambulances and and it's more emergency medicine more of the stuff that you would see in the field um in a combat situation uh in some ways uh that with that you find with the marine corps so that sort of that sort of bred me and got me ready for for crossing over to the green side of the navy and uh going out with the marines yeah yeah when uh how long did you serve i only did uh a four-year uh, stint and it was basically in and out um I got out because I was having ankle issues and I, I would still be in today. I wanted to do when I, when I signed up at 17, I wanted, I was looking at 30. That's all I wanted. You know, is I was, my idea was to be uh, 47 years old and retired and retired. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I was, I was loving going into the military is what I wanted to do. My dad was a Navy guy. Uh, my brother was a Navy guy and I wanted to do that for, I wanted to be a lifer. And, uh, when, in, right before I went in, I had uh, fractured an ankle and, uh, I made it through basic and all the other schools and everything. But after a couple of years of, uh, training with the Marines and some of the, uh, um, more intense training, like fast roping was one of the things, you, you know, at night fast rope and you come down, you got a pinch on the bottom rope with your feet, like sort of faced inwards. And then I'd hit the ground and roll an ankle. And it was like, okay, that's a great way to start a training op. You know what I mean? So it just kept happening over and over again. And my weak ankle on the one side basically quit. And, uh, I ended up getting out and, and just going into the real world. Um, with a bad ankle. <laughs> so now I'm still, I actually just had a total ankle replacement. So a couple of weeks or actually a month, a couple of months ago. So I'm kind of recovering from that and going through the motions, but yeah, that's kind of my that service. Doesn't even sound like fun. No, no, it's not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so how did you get involved with music? Well, music for me, um, you know, I started out as a, as a listener, as a fan, you know, I didn't really have, um, a ton of influence like uh, my mom used to play a little bit of guitar and i was in church choir and stuff Uh, but i didn't have a ton of like music influence around me until um until high school hit and uh that's when i really started getting in some into some bands and, and digging into music and realizing that i could actually not just sing church music and folk music i could also rock and i had a decent rock voice and i had i was able to put some power behind it and uh you know we as a band, as a little garage band, we started out as, you know, doing Metallica and, and Pearl Jam and Nirvana and some Screamo stuff and just our own music and writing our own stuff. And, 
it was something that I felt that, that was an, it, it enabled me to sort of get rid of some teenage angst at the time. And, uh, we had a, we had a decent little following where we were, so it was good. It was an interesting time, obviously, uh, right before the military, I was slated to go and I was just starting to create this band, uh, right before I left and I kind of bailed on them to go into the military and they were all kind of upset about that, but I ended up, uh, continue writing the process with them and, and being musical even while I served. So it it worked out. So then you get out of the service and enter the real world. Yeah. Uh, was the real world right away rock stardom? How did that translate? Does it take a little bit? It's funny. Um, I can remember I was on stage in about in like a week or so. I want to say I was on a stage and uh, I might have only done like one or two cover songs with the band. But very soon after that, it became, you know, we were weekend warriors. We would play one gig a weekend and then it was two gigs a weekend. And then it was, a, you know, maybe a gig during the night or during the week and then two on the weekends. And then we were starting to travel. So um, we ended up opening up some doors for ourselves and um, we thought we were doing pretty good. We <laughs> we sold a thousand CDs, so we were pretty excited. There you and, go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's all you needed back then, right? So, right. Um, you know, that was, that was us. And then, and then we decided, okay, well, we're, we're super awesome here in Pennsylvania. Let's go to, let's go to California. So we all packed up and moved to Cali and took a shot out there. It was a different world out there. What was it like when you say different? I mean, obviously I'm a Pennsylvania boy, small town guy, born and bred. You know, what were the, uh, the typical kind of, well, you know, Southern, Southern California, um, is known for, you know, it's music scene. It's known for a lot of what was coming out, um, back in the day was a lot of the, the hip hop rock kind of stuff that was crossing over. Um, like the corn and limb biscuit and that kind of stuff was, was still pretty heavy out there. You saw the Anaheim vibe with, you know, sublime and, um, you had some other really cool bands out there. Head BE was out there. Rooster was out there. Um, some of the, their little less known, lesser known, uh, bands. Um, but you had some other biggins out there that were just, you know, killing it. And, um, for us to be, I always say that we were like, if you mix Pearl Jam for the first half of the song, added a sprinkle of Metallica through the middle, and then tacked on Rage Against the Machine at the end, then then you, you would have what we were. It was it was interesting because we would every song was like seven minutes, you know, but it started out as this beautiful melodic thing that people you know would be talking over. Then all of a sudden it would escalate to something heavier, and then at the end the lid would just get blown off, and then people would just be jaw like gobsmacked. They were just like, Holy cow. I can't believe this is the same band that started this song. And that was our, that was our approach was to, you know, draw people in or sort of tickle you first and then start digging our fingers into your armpits. And then at the end of it, we're just smashing you in the face. That was kind of the idea. <laughs> I'm a musician as well. And I know for me, music has really helped me to be able to uh, express the emotions that I feel and the things that go through. I think a lot of times men are not emotionally available or really know how to express what it is they're feeling. Do you find that with you as well? Does that help you through that process? Mm, yeah. And in a way, I mean, there's a difference between just, you know, sitting and writing music and then going out and performing it. Um, you know, people look at musicians, sometimes they're these, you know, skinny cats, um, <laughs> not a lot of muscle, uh, but we just go out there and kind of do what we do. But what it comes down to, especially as a singer or performer, you know, if, if you're, if you're actually standing up and performing, you're burning, 
you know, thousand calories an hour. I mean, you're singing at the top of your lungs and, and giving all you can. Then you add a guitar, you add uh, the actual performance uh, piece to that, and you have another, you know, couple hundred calories you got to burn through. So I, I was always kind of an athletic kid, um, you know, basketball, wrestling, football, baseball, that kind of thing. Um, and then the military coming out, I was in great shape. So like, I looked at it as exercising my demons, man. It was just like going to the gym for me. So our, our first rehearsal spot was like on the top floor of this old steel barn. And, uh, it was, I, I'm telling you, no lie. It was like 110 in there and we would rehearse in there, just sweat, you know, pouring out of our body and we would just get it. And like I said, we were, we were pretty high intensity back then. Uh, so like, again, it was like, you know, you're exercising physically, um, when you're performing or when you're actually playing with a group. And then you're also, you know, when you're sitting in a, and you're contemplating and you're trying to figure out what to write and how to put it together musically and make it all work and make it sort of fit what you're doing, um, you're exercising your mind as well. So um, whether it's emotional connection or just exercise, you know what I mean? As, as far as training goes, uh, are you stagnant? Are you, are you a swamp water, you know, or are you, you know, are you a river that's flowing and just raging and just cleaning house as it's going through life? You know what I mean? So whether it's music or whether it's business or whether it's, you know, family or whether it's church or faith or whether it's, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, how are you approaching it? Are you approaching it with, you know, like I said, that stagnant black swamp water in your veins? Or are you or are you approaching it with fire in your veins? And uh, music for me has always been the thing that lit the fire up in, in my veins. It reminds me of a social media post I saw you share recently. You're in the airport doing your calisthenics and your push-ups. Mm. <laughs> is that, yeah. Do you find that when you're on the road, is that something that you have to really carve out the space to do? You have to do. I have to do something every day. Um, if I don't, if I don't get my chunk, you know, from the devil, then he's going to, he's going to take twice what, what I miss. So, um, again, like I said, when I exercise physically, I'm exercising mentally. It's not just getting down there and grunting and, and, and sweating. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I try to focus on, uh, the things I need to improve in life and, and just where I am in my life. And every day is a new chance to try to be a little bit better. Um, is every day a win? No. Is every other day a win? No. I mean, sometimes there's a week that the devil wins. Uh, but as soon as you decide to get back down on your face and, and push some out for the good Lord, then, you know, you, you take back the reins and uh, you start driving the truck again. You've had some really cool opportunities with your music, being able to, you know, be on national TV, things like that. What's probably one of the, your favorite experiences with that? Well, there's a couple. Um, you know, one, one of my most recent ones was, um, you know, I took the worship band that I play with every once in a while and we went and did uh, a Rod of Iron Festival. And that was one of my um, first major full band experiences since my last project, which was Madison Rising. Um, so it had been a couple years and, uh, you know, a lot of it was my original stuff and a lot of it, a lot of my original stuff, again, on recordings isn't super heavy, uh, but some of the grooves that we caught live on stage at the rod of iron, uh, freedom festival last year, um, last October, that's up in Pennsylvania, by the way. Um, that's where car firearms is Pocono area, Bushkill. Um, but you know, a couple thousand people came out, didn't really care about COVID. They were just there to have a good time. They wanted to, they wanted to feel something emotionally that you can't get, uh, online and you can't get at church, but they wanted to feel something else. And we gave them something else. We gave them that patriotism combined with faith. Um, 
you know, it's prayer is great and worship is great. Uh, but we have a battle that we're in the middle of here in this country. And I feel like when you, that's why that that's where I try to write from. I try to write from that battle place, you know, that battlefield that's happening around us uh, that we see every single day on social. So I try to write from that place and try to steer people towards an element of hope and positivity. And when I saw that I could still do that with a full band um, and not just through, you know, recordings and, you know, digital music and social media posts when i found realized that i had that spark still and was able to perform that was that was probably one of the coolest things recently so yeah it was a good one did you find that covid uh made it difficult for you in doing what you do yeah man because we lost probably maybe 40 live events that that we had booked for the years for you know for between the time that covid hit and everybody just hit the big uh, giant red stop button in the sky, uh, we probably lost about 40 dates. And for us, it was a scratch our head moment. You know, my wife and I started study, studying for real estate exams and, uh, you know, we got two boys, two kids. So we, we don't have a lot put away to, to be able to just float through month after month after month after month after month. We had to start making moves. Um, so yeah, we dug in and like I said, started looking at different directions of how we were going to, you know, supply from and provide for our kids and, and, uh, something that we, we could do on our own. Um, so yeah, COVID, COVID smack, not only pulled the carpet out. Yeah. The rug went out, but like, as my feet were going up in the air, like just completely knocked me, you know, senseless, you know, didn't even let me hit the ground, but that's every musician, man. That was every business, small business out there. And, yeah. um, just like everybody else, we just dug in, found a way. That's when our online store really sprung up and got popular. So DaveBrayUSA.com started doing a lot more online business. And um, I tried to, I, I wanted to be one of those guys that was like every night, you know, doing some live music, but I did it a couple nights and I was like, you know what? I don't, I wasn't feeling it and I didn't want to leave. I don't want people leaving with, uh, I guess, an, you know, me, a, a non-connective, uh, you know, thing. Like I, I wanted to be, I wanted people to understand that my music means more to me and I want it to mean as much to you to deliver it in a way that I didn't feel was worthy of delivering it. So like me behind a cell phone camera, trying to go live and, and put out new music and, and, and try to have you feel it the way it needs to be felt it just wasn't working for me. So I'm not like, again, I'm not that artist. You know what I mean? I keep telling people, I'm just not that guy with that, that does that kind of stuff. There's nothing like being in a room and having people interact with you, you know, when they like what they like a line in your song and you hear somebody say, yeah, you know, or you hear a clap or you see them getting into it or whatever. It, the little hearts on Facebook live do not equate. And it, yeah. it's almost like, when you're singing and you're able to interact with them, it makes the music better, yeah. you know, like, like, you know, okay, they're liking this. Let me push into that. more. Yeah. You, you can't really get that online. I mean, but like you said, there are some that maybe have been able to do some really neat stuff online, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of the, I saw there's a couple of like looper cats that did real good on the looping thing. And I can loop a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm no magical looper though. So, and, and again, looping gets boring for me, even as to, yeah. as a person to watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah, let me sit you and watch you make a whole song here. And then you start singing. I get it. There's, <laughs> there's an entertainment factor. The first couple of times you watch a looper do something really well. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, it's the same thing. He's just doing it over and over again. So it just, 
Um, yeah, man, like you said, the hearts just, the hearts don't equate to the, the, the raw emotions that you get from people, like the actual human vibe that is, you know, tangible in the room that you can create. And like everybody gets goosebumps at the same time. That's, that's, that's what I try to, uh, make sure people get from a Dave Bray show that I couldn't do online. We talk about um, a war going on in our country. And I'll be honest with you, I feel like that every day, you know, when you just see the way that it feels like uh, anything that pertains to a traditional American value is immediately painted in a bad light. What What's your take on that? How do you think we can turn the tide on that? Well, it's like, a, have you ever been at a wedding when the, like a four-year-old grads a microphone? So <laughs> that's basically what I see, I see is happening. Um, and some people with via social and uh, when a four-year-old gets a, a wireless microphone and starts getting some attention, um, usually that four-year-old will either drop the mic or they escalate it. And that is what I'm kind of seeing happening in this country is like there's people that are nothing bigger than a four-year-old at a wedding running around with a microphone and getting a lot of attention. And that attention is, some of it is good and some of it is bad. Um, Some of it is provocative only to be provocative and has absolutely no other purpose other than to inflame and incite. And then some of it is like, oh, wow, you know what? I didn't think about that. You know, you know what? You might be right. You might have a good point, but unfortunately the good points are being, you know, unvalidated or or covered over by the inflammatory comments and the inflammatory people that are just doing it for, like I said, likes, comments and shares. And, um, that's what I see. That's where I see us right now is these people get a whole bunch of attention or this group gets a whole bunch of attention and then a bunch of little, you know, rats fall in behind that person and they all start shouting the same thing, even though they don't understand what they're shouting for. I'll, I'll use I'll use one specific example. Okay, defund the police. Okay. If we're all being adults in the room, we all understand the importance of the police, right? We all understand how vital the law enforcement society is to the civility of our country. Um, but if you are a sub-millennial or millennial or post-millennial, I don't even know what they're calling and you you know your only interactions with police are what you've seen on tv and what you hear from the news and you're judging the entire law enforcement community on that or the the entire protection of civility of mankind or at least law enforcement in our country you're judging the whole entire thing which you might think is 20 guys in cop cars or you might think is a thousand guys in cop cars is literally I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of men and women in uniform that are protecting us every day silently that you don't see. Like, they don't understand that all these people are put in place very specifically to have us. And even online, we have law enforcement. So, like, to say, yeah, I want to defund the police and then getting a platform large enough that the news or national news picks up on it. um, that That's an issue for me. Like, I get really upset because... You're, these people are taking law enforcement officers out of schools and where now they're a soft target and that school becomes a soft target. And being a military guy, you learn to recognize some of these things. And you know when people see a void uh, or a place where they can insert evil or damage or harm um, 
they can they can find those 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 cracks and crevices to hurt people in big ways and that's why i get i really i get really upset about that battle that we are even thinking about or contemplating at this point in time in you know our nation's history so like uh, that's one right so there's 15 other ones <laughs> that are just like that and then there's other ones that are that are valid you know what i mean you know i as far as climate change goes um you know i'm one of those people that believes weather is weather uh, but at the same time, there is a giant ass polar vortex, with the, you know, at the North and South pole that if one sweeping arm or one band of it comes down, we all freeze to death in a matter of seconds. So, you know, there's something to be said with trying to maybe stabilize global warming, but again, the whole globe's got to be in on the game. It can't just be us, you know, we're a small part of that. So anyway, like, like I said, we, we have all these battles, but I don't think anybody really knows how to fix them. You know, it's when you talk about the, the police and what's happening there, you know, unfortunately, you've got the four-year-old with a mic complaining about it. And if there was an actual issue, which honestly, I think we can say there may be some issues that we need to look at, right? Like, like, why are you saying defund the police? Well, maybe there's this instance where there was racism, this instance where there was injustice. Okay, so let's deal with that instance instead of just blanket painting the whole community is bad you know and i think that's part of the problem that we're in is the the delivery that these folks are using has ended up invalidating what could have been a good discussion i think we can't have discussions anymore we just have to point fingers and blame and you know but honestly well thank you know, i appreciate you putting it more succinctly than i could i couldn't i couldn't figure out how to get there but yeah no yeah, i know right. exactly what you meant yeah. You know, you, you were said you said it well. Your analogy is perfect. You know, the little kid who, you know, doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the one, the one, the mom on the mom on the mom's or on the wife's side is like, just give him what he wants. He wants an ice cream bar. And then the mom on <laughs> the mom on the dad's side or on the husband's side is like, bring him over here so I can whoop on him for a good fifteen minutes. That'll square his ass away. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's that perspective, right? And and that's what yeah. we have. We have the coddling. Uh, group over here that says, well, let's just give everybody who complains loud enough and gets a big enough platform what they want. And then you have this side. It's like, no, nah, let's, let's whoop their asses and square it away and get the situation figured out so we can move on like adults to big boy problems that we have in this country. So, yeah. How, uh, how does your music and the, especially with the patriotic theme that you, that you use and a lot of what you share, how do you think that's going to, uh, you think that's going to speak into that space? Do you think people are are resonating with it? And what kind of response do you get from it? Do you get a lot of haters? You know, the four year old with a mic complaining about what you're doing, or do you think most people seem to be pretty open to it? Um. So I'm. I'm again. I. It's some of it's patriotic and some of it's faith based. And and again, part of my mission is to bring those two together, those elements together, um, for people to have faith and respect not just for their country but for each other and the the common denominator is each other as civilians really um and i again getting back to the battles and the wars that are being waged out there i respect those people that are trying to make change just my idea of making changes to i guess walk the walk a little bit um you know try to get out there and affect things positively first with your message instead of negatively. Um, I think that's an approach that many people overlook 
like how can I change what's happening here? How can I change this country? What I've found instead of a void is that um, people that never knew they needed my music uh, inevitably have found it because they found themselves in situations where they've either lost faith or they have um, maybe lost a loved one, um, you know, to uh, military service or, um, you know, or, or, or law enforcement service, or they've lost a loved one to suicide. And, and sadly enough is many of my fans, many of my followers are like family to me because they will reach out and say, Dave, you know, your music, your words, your songs, I never knew about you, never knew who you were or what you were doing. Um, but your music saved my life today. Thank you for that. And that person is no longer a fan. That person is a part of the mission. They're part of the, the spiritual movement that I believe can happen with music. And that's why I do what I do. And that's why I chose to, um, you know, release music on a mission, the album. And that's why you know, I, the next album that's going to be coming out, is going to be kind of similar. You know what I mean? It's going to be a little bit different perspective on certain things. Um, but the music is still going to have some of those undertones of patriotism, faith, um, and pushing buttons to hopefully push people to be better. Steve, if you've got, um, we've got an opportunity now to speak to men uh, that are listening to this, and, and we have men of all different stripes and kinds. Um, it, but, you know, fathers, husbands, leaders, what would you tell them? If there's one thing that you want them to know uh, that, that is important, to you that you think, hey, look, here's my opportunity to share this. There's one thing I want to tell you. What, what did it be? Yeah, man. Um, so you got men of all ages. Uh, so that means you do have fathers. Uh, if you're a father of a young kid, young man, young boy, young girl, um, I have two boys. They're 10 and 12. Actually, they're basically 11 and 11 and 13 now next month. So, um, you know, be be more than just a dad for them. There's never been a time when we've needed the male role model in the family or as a husband um, before in history as we do now. Uh, I know marriage is tough. As a husband, I'll speak to this. Um, you know, you're not going to win every fight. You're not going to win every battle. Uh, but if your wife is willing to gut it out with you, you know, gut it out with her. And if she's not willing to gut it out with you, gut it out with her anyway. Because again, the family unit is more important than anything else that you have or anything else you'll be given when it comes to your time here on earth. Uh, as far as young men out there, build a foundation, um, base it on, base it on good virtues, truth, honesty, faith, respect for other people. Slow down. It's not all about you. If you don't have a family yet, you're going to find that out soon. Um, and for older men out there, I would say, uh, you know, Put in the time every day to, to get, like I said, get your chunk. I'm an older guy, you know, 45 years old, halfway through life. You know, pick your battles, but battle the one that, that's that's trying to beat you every day. And that's, you know, grandfather time, man. He's trying to take his chunk out of you every day. Try to win the day. Just try to win one day. And if you can battle through one day and win one victory of one day, you'll start to take your life back and you'll start to feel better and you'll start to be, get mentally stronger. And if that means you get down and you do some push-ups every single day or you get down and go for a jog or if you can't run, find something you can do physically so that you can keep your mental strength. Because the older I get, the more I'm realizing if I'm not physically strong, I am not mentally strong. So those, I guess, are the things. And I would be telling young men out there, old men out there, and married men out there. 
I think that's amazing advice. I think it's really good. Thank you, man. So uh, anybody that's interested in your music, best place to go if they want to check out what you're doing and follow what you're doing. I hate sending people to Spotify because I can't stand the platform. Uh, but anywhere, man, you know, actually I, I try to get people to go check out the videos because they're really well done. I've worked with some amazing videographers over the years. Uh, minus red is a, is a, um, they're a Christian videographer group. They did my um, amazing grace video, which is really stunning. Um, then I've worked with Alden Funkhauser and the border patrol to put together another amazing, you know, videography, uh, for, or video for, um, my song freedom rings. And then I've done some more recent work with, uh, Curtis Boggs. He's a, another amazing videographer. And, uh, the last video we just did was for veteran homelessness and to spotlight that cause, um, again, another battle, a real battle that we have in this country, uh, is, you know, the border that's being overrun and our government is writing million, $80 million checks a month. You know what I mean? It's like, it's unbelievable. And meanwhile, we got 40,000 homeless veterans here in this country that, that we're not taking care of. And I'm sorry, but I, I think our veterans need to come first. And so the song better man is a video or is a song that we, we did with Ray cash care. He's a Navy seal. He plays our homeless veteran and uh, we're trying to spotlight veteran homelessness and raise awareness. You know, like I said, start out with positivity um, and, and work your way from there. So we've got some, we've got some bells ringing in that, in that uh, wheelhouse city to city that are looking to try to uh, work on this veteran homelessness problem and get their mental health back in square one and get them back in check. So we can reel in our brothers and sisters uh, basically who never really truly came home. You know, they're out on the streets. So yeah, yeah, go to my, go check out the YouTube page and check out the videos. They're great. Awesome. And, uh, if you're not sure where to go, start probably Dave Bray USA is the website, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So it's Dave Bray USA.com. B A V E B as in boy, R A Y B R A Y USA.com. And, uh, there's all kinds of great support merchandise there. If you want to get involved with the mission, anything you buy on the site, I always send a free autographed CD with the music on a mission on it. So you'll get an autographed CD with any t-shirt you buy or, um, whatever, you know what I mean? So if you get, if you buy a t-shirt, you'll get a free CD. It's just my way of saying thank you. And uh, if you buy one CD, I'll send two by four. I'll send you eight. I don't care. Like I said, it's all about getting it out there and getting the mission out there. And I want you to help me do that. I really appreciate it, man. And I appreciate you sharing with our men and, and I appreciate the work you're doing. I think you're doing good stuff. And I think, uh, I think supporting that is something that we all should be, be looking at. I think you're, you're speaking to an audience that needs to hear it. Cool. Well, again, thank you for having me on. Um, I, I hope to come back on here in a, a couple of months when the new record comes out and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll send that one out. Hopefully you can guys can play some, some of the songs along the way. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Holler at me when you get closer and we'll, uh, Set that up. Thanks, man. All right, man. Thank you very much. Have a good day and God bless. Hey, listen, if you appreciate what Dave Bray is doing, again, go to DaveBrayUSA.com. Dave is doing some phenomenal work, phenomenal music, awesome voice. This dude can rock. He can rock with the rest of them, and I love what he stands for, and I love what he's doing because America is the greatest country that ever was, and I love supporting this country in the arts and the things that we create. So, Dave, way to go. Keep up the good work. We appreciate you. Men, if you want to support what we're doing at Manlyhood, go to manlyhood.com and you'll see a place where it says get started. If you go there, you can get a free ebook. 
You can sign up for the Manlyhood Man Cave. There's all kinds of stuff going on there, guys. Also, go to the Manlyhood store at manlyhood.com slash store, where you can get some Manlyhood t-shirts like the one that I'm wearing right now. You can get other Manlyhood apparel and gear, and you can support what we're doing at Manlyhood. We've got more resources coming there very soon, so make sure you please check out the Manlyhood store. Guys, I appreciate you. I love you, and I care about you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.